What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoop Heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. <laughs> that game was ugly, to say the least, from the Washington Wizards. Um, they just played the Memphis Grizzlies and they lost pretty badly. Um, the final score was 125 to 111. Like it wasn't really ever that close going into the fourth quarter. It was a 19 point game, I want to say. Um, and at the end of the half, it was like, oh man, I got to do some math. 15 point game. So like at halftime, it after that, it wasn't really much of a game. Um, just to go over the ESPN like win probability stuff at halftime, the Grizzlies had a 90. 2% chance to win, um, according to ESPN. So, and then after that, like the lowest it ever got was 87.3, um, or 87, or nope, 83%, um, with like six minutes left in the third. So <laughs> it wasn't a very competitive game. It wasn't that fun to watch. Um, this episode will probably be quicker, but I feel like I'd say that a lot and that never happened. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, just to, um, get right into it. Um, the Grizzlies improved the record to 16 and 15. Um, the Wizards fall to 13 and 20 after winning seven of eight. They've lost two in a row now and they play the Clippers next. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, but coming into this game, the Grizzlies were 15 and 15. They had a point differential of minus 0.1 per clean in the glass, which is 14th in the NBA. Um, they were 21st in offense with an offensive rating of 110.7. And they're eighth in defense with a defensive rating of 110.8. Um, and that defense is awesome this game. Like, I, Honestly, like, I think the Grizzlies are so, so, so much fun to watch. Like, I've, I love watching the Grizzlies play basketball just because they have a bunch of dudes that can really, really defend and then one dude that can really, really handle the ball and really, really create for others, um, obviously being Ja. Um, and they were missing dudes coming into this game. Like, they were missing um, yeah, they're missing three guys. They're missing. I know JJJ, Jaron Jackson Jr. wasn't playing. Um, Grayson Allen and one more guy. 
Kyle Anderson. I love Kyle Anderson. Um, I was pretty disappointed when I didn't get to see him, but um, Grayson Allen has started some games this season. Kyle Anderson has started a lot this season, and Jaron Jackson Jr. has obviously started. So I'm missing three starters, and they still came out and just killed the Wizards like that? Like, that's not a good look for the Wizards. But the Memphis Grizzlies defensive scheme just absolutely took them out of the game, like pretty much. Um, and then the just ability to make shots um, from, I guess I'll talk about that later. Um, but just to go over some of the um, box score numbers, um, I'll start with the Wizards. Um, so Bradley Beal didn't have his best night, still scored 23 points, was minus 25 on the night um, in 36 minutes. Um, he was 8 for 18 from the field, 6 to 6 from the free throw line. So 23 points on um, 21 shooting possessions, um, still decently efficient. But uh, not his best night um, overall. Definitely not in terms of scoring volume and just getting shots up. He usually gets more shot, um, shooting possessions than that. Um, so, and he only got four threes. He usually shoots more than that. Um, not the greatest night from him. Um, Russell Westbrook had 22 points, minus four. He had 15 assists. Um, but nine of those came in like the, or not nine, seven came in the first quarter. Um, and he was eight for 16 from the field, four, nine from the free throw line. So actually not a bad night in terms of efficiency from Westbrook. That's 23 points on 19 half shooting possessions. That's positive. Um, but the big negative from him was eight turnovers, most of which were live ball, and they were all really, really bad. And the thing about Westbrook is when he turns the ball over, don't expect to hustle play back on defense. Don't expect to chase down block or chase down, just get in the way, or even like a Euro foul. Like, he doesn't do that. Um, and in terms of other words, Robin Lopez had another good game. That's like his third or fourth really good game in a row. He only played 14 minutes. He was <laughs> minus 14 pretty um, ridiculously in those 14 minutes. Uh, I don't think that's all on him. But um, six for six, two for two from the free throw line. True shooting percentage of 100% in this game for Robin Lopez. So, you know, can't get <laughs> much more efficient than that. Um, Breton's at 11 points, two for five from three, three or six um, from the field, but not that many good looks um, necessarily that he got. He was plus three in the night. Um, Denny Avdi had 10 points, most of which came in garbage time. That's pretty much it for Wizards notables. I guess Rui Hachimura struggled again for like the third game in a row. Um, seven points, two for seven from the field, minus 26 on the night, which is the lowest out of any wizard. Um, and that's pretty much it. Except Garrison Matthews only played nine minutes, which is really disappointing because I thought that he matched up really, really well with this team. And Mo Wagner only played seven minutes, which is also disappointing because I think that Mo Wagner matches up well with this team. I don't know why um, Scott Brooks decided to go away from those two so early, especially like Garrison Matthews only minus one in nine minutes. Um, he took four shots, scored five points. Like, doesn't make much sense to me personally. Um, maybe we'll get some comments from his post game, but I do this right after the game, so I don't really get to see or like see what he says in the post game. Um, so Jaw scored thirty five points. He was absolutely ridiculous tonight. He scored those thirty five points on twenty five shooting possessions, which is insanely efficient. Um, he was plus twenty one on the night, and here he's. He, when I go over his shot chart, it's going to look interesting. Um, the way that he scored his points, was it was ridiculous. It was really, really fun to watch. Um, he's just awesome. Uh, 10 assists, um, also 5 rebounds, um, 4 turnovers, but he's such a high usage guy. That's kind of, it's not terrible. Um, the other Grizzlies guys that were impressive, um, Dylan Brooks was awesome tonight. Um, he was incredible on defense, and he had 20 points. Look, Dylan Brooks just straight up is not the best score. Like, he is not efficient at all. He takes bad shots. He's kind of like in the Marcus Smart vein where he takes a bunch of bad shots and you're going to have to live with it because he gives you so much defensively. Um, he's kind of like a like a Dollar Tree Marcus Smart. Like, he's not quite as impactful defensively. He's not as much of a playmaker. Um, and I don't even think he's, like, honestly as much of a shooter or as much of a scorer, like, in just in terms of being able to do it in an efficient way and create his own shot as Marcus Smart. Um, but he does everything Marcus Smart does, just not to the extent that he does it. And he has a little bit more size, so he can guard up um, on the positional tree, which is super, super positive. Um, 
And yeah, I guess D'Anthony Melton was awesome tonight. He had 20 points on 13 shooting possessions. He was six for 10 from three. I believe that is a career high for him um, in terms of three pointers. And that's the big thing with him. Like if he can shoot, he's a really, 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 really valuable player. I think this offseason he only got four, four years for $36 million. I'm going to check that because that didn't, I think that's what he got. Um, I'm going to the Anthony Melton contract. Four years for 34. Oh my God. What? Annual salary of $8.6 million. Um, that's insane. Um, that's, that's an absolute bargain. I don't know how they signed a four year, 34 and a half million dollar contract for someone who could potentially be that valuable. Um, and they made a descending. They made a descending 25% a year starting this year going. Wow. That's insane. That's an awesome contract. Um, Danny Melton, like he still has a tiny bit of a hitch, um, in his shot, but if it falls, um, he is because he's so good defensively. He's probably arguably like one of the five to 10 best guards in the league defensively. If he can shoot the ball, he can also like handle the ball a little bit. Um, man, he's so valuable. Um, and he also, had, he added five assists tonight. Like he can pass to like, okay, that's pretty crazy. I'm going to stop talking about Anthony Melton. Um, but may I remind Wizards fans that, um, the Wizards signed a backup center who is Robin Lopez for like seven and a half million dollars. And Anthony Melton was signed for, I guess that's over the mid-level, I think. Um, but still like, come on now. <laughs> I'm, maybe I'll talk about it um, in this episode if I don't know what else to talk about or I just get led in that direction. Um, oh, I do have to go over the overview four-factor stuff. Um, so the Memphis Grizzlies had an offensive rating of 116, which is pretty good. Wizards had an offensive rating of 103.7, which is terrible as a 24th percentile. Um, and it's not like they're shooting poorly. Effective field goal percentage, they actually had a higher effective field goal percentage than the Grizzlies by 0.5%. Um, but you, that is still higher. Um, the different, And they had a better free throw rate by 5%. They got the line 22.2% of their possessions, while the Grizzlies only got their 17% of their possessions. Where the differences lie in the four factors, which is what determined the game. Um, first of all, offensive rebounds. The Wizards only got an offensive rebound on 11.1% of the available offensive rebounds. And Grizzlies doubled them up at 20.4%. So the Wizards were in the first percentile in terms of offensive rebounds. I wonder who, did they only get one? I got to check. They got two offensive rebounds, both from Mo Wagner. Oh, they got four in the game, I guess. So Isak Bonga got one. Alex Len got one. And Mo Wagner got two um, to add up to four offensive rebounds. Um, and the Grizzlies got nine. Four from Valanciunas, three from Brandon Clark, one from Dylan Brooks, and one from Killian Tilly, of all people. Um yeah, I'll definitely talk about Killing Tilly. I have some things about to say about him, but um, yeah, that's that's a pretty low number. First percentile is not where you want to be ever in terms of metrics that are good. Um, and then in terms, the the big big difference was turnovers. Well, it seems like to the eye, at least just from the eye test, and the Wizards had a turnover rate of nineteen point six percent, and the Grizzlies had a turnover rate of twelve point three percent. And over the course of so turning the ball over on nineteen point six percent of your possessions over 107 possessions, which is how many the Wizards had this game, is an insane number. Um, that's in the 8th percentile. And for the Grizzlies to... Um, to for the Grizzlies to... Sorry. To only turn the ball over 7% less. Um, if you think about that in terms of a points per possession way, um, say that... So for the Wizards, if they scored 103.7 points per possession, that means that every time down the floor... It's worth about 1.04 points if you want to round it a little bit to make it easier. So if you turn the ball over seven times more than your opponent, then that's giving up seven plus points. Like that's giving him whatever, 7.36 points. 
So giving up 7.36 points all of a sudden, if you take that back, you have it's 118 to 123 and it's a playable game. It's a close ball game. Like that is a ginormous, huge difference if you give up seven plus points because you're turning the ball over. And a lot of them were live ball turnovers. Um, I really want to dig into these transition numbers. Um, off steals, um, the Grizzlies were had a, or no, I'll just, I'll talk about um, transition frequency. Um, off steals, the Grizzlies were at in the 78.6% of the steals that they got turned into transition opportunities. On those opportunities, their points per play was 145.5, and their points per possession added was plus 4.6. So they're 4.6 more um, points better um, on these opportunities where they got to run out off steals. And if you turn the ball over, a lot of times it is going to be on a steal. Um, I want to see, I don't know if they have live ball turnover stats on cleaning the glass. I don't think they do. Um, but you can assume that a lot of the Wizards turnovers were live ball um, just from watching the basketball game, uh, I guess. <laughs> you could just have to trust me if you didn't watch it. Um, but in transition, the Grizzlies just killed them. Um, they got out a lot. Um, they scored a lot of points. And that's not good for the Wizards. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say. The Wizards got out and ran in off live re- rebounds a touch, a bunch. Um, but they just didn't really score because like, they're not the greatest transition team just because they don't have that many play finishers to really run out and finish. Like, Grizzlies have like... Brandon Clark, um, even Desmond Bain, like John Moran, obviously. Um, Xavier uh, Tillman can get out and run. Like Even like Dylan Brooks, um, DeAnthony Melton can get out to the wings and shoot. Like The Wizards don't have like, uh, I guess a lot, of, a lot of what NBA teams will do, they have two guys running straight to the corners and then they'll have one guy running straight down the middle. Guy running straight down the middle is like a Brandon Clark type guy, right? Who can finish lobs, stuff like that. Guy with the ball is like a John Moran, DeAnthony Melton type guy who can dribble, handle. And then the guys running to the corners are guys like Dylan Brooks, guys like even like Danthony Melton, um, Desmond Bain, those types of guys who can shoot. The Wizards don't have those types of archetypal guys that can do those types of things. So that's kind of why they aren't the greatest transition team in the world. Um, yeah, now I really, really want to dive into this shot chart because the Grizzlies shot chart is insane. Um, this is exciting. Uh, probably not as exciting for other people, but it's awesome. The Grizzlies only shot six shots in the restricted area. Um, all, the, all the time I talk about how important it is to get shots in the restricted area, especially for the Wizards. They only shot six in the restricted area. Outside the restricted area, um, in the paint, so which is like floater range, um, that they were they shot 42 shots. They were 22 of 42 from floater range. And from three, they were um, above the break. They were nine of 19, um, six of 18 from um, mid-range. Um, just to put these into better numbers that are more understandable for people that don't look at these charts like every day for like all the games, um, the Grizzlies shot 11% of their shots at the rim, which is in the zero-width percentile. They shot um, 10% of their shots from long mid-range, which is in the uh, 51st percentile. They shot 27% of their shots from three, which is in the 10th percentile. So all these percentiles seem pretty low, right? And that's because they shot a ridiculous 52% of their shots from short mid-range. And the way that cleaning the glass to find short mid-range is... Shots outside 14 feet, but inside, or shots outside four feet, but inside 14 feet. Um, so, which is like right inside the free throw line from like right outside the restricted area, that kind of area. Um, they shot 52% of their shots from mid range. And just to explain how ridiculously high that number is, the Wizards shot 30% of their shots from mid range, and they were in the 91st percentile in terms of short mid, um, short mid range shots. So, 30%. Of your shots from short mid get you in the 91st percentile. The Grizzlies were all the way at 52%, which is absolutely ludicrously insane. 
And on short, medium, and jump shots, they made 48%, which isn't that good. Um, actually, ridiculously, they made all their shots at the rim, um, but they only got there six times. Like I said before, they made a ton of threes. They're 44% from three, um, and the Wizards just didn't shoot the ball that well. Um, Wizards actually shot the ball really, really well for mid-range. I do want to go over the Wizards shot chart because um, something that I've been talking about over and over and over again is the difference that they've been getting to the rim. They got there 15 times, which is acceptable, but they need to get there more. Like, that's not enough. They've been getting there closer to 20, 25, 30, 40 maybe even times a game. Um, in the past, like big stretch that they've been on, and only getting the 15 times, and they finished a, they finished 11 out of 15, which is really, really, really good. Um, they got um, to floater range 13 and 21, which is fine. Um, six to 14 from mid range, um, whatever. Like I don't love mid range jump shots, um, but like it depends on who's shooting them. Like if it's Bradley Beal shooting them in rhythm, fine. Um, if it's Russell Westbrook shooting them in the post, terrible. Um, but 10 to 24 from above the big threes, one of seven from corner threes. Um, this like really not a bad wizard shot chart at all. And again, their effective field percentage was above average um, where the difference really, really lied in the game was offensive rebounding and turnovers. Wizards didn't get any offensive rebounds and they turned the ball over a ton. That's why they lost. Um, but part of that, <laughs> it's not just because the wizards, like one thing that's really easy that, or I guess like casual, more casual fans who don't, again, like literally do podcasts about their team every single day or every single game is that it's easy to only look at your team as a singular variable and not look at the other team like what the grizzlies do defensively um hurt the wizards the wizards don't have incredible ball handlers um they don't have someone like a even like a john morant who can just handle the ball run an offense um and just create consistently efficient offense by just running pick and roll every single play bradley beal works best off the ball like all the best wizards play like nick's action uh, or when he like comes off a back screen or down screen like or the double pin or stagger whatever you want to call it like all that type of stuff, that's when he looks the best. Catching the ball off those like off ball actions, facing up and then going to work or shooting the shot. Um, and the way that Dylan Brooks defended Bradley Beal, it just made his life tough. Like Bradley Beal just didn't get as many touches as he usually does in this game. Um, all the credit in the world to him and also to Justice Winslow, who also spent time on Bradley Beal and also to DeAnthony Melton, who spent time on Bradley Beal. Like all three of those guys did an incredible job defending him. Like he only got up 18 shots tonight and he usually shoots the ball more. Um <laughs> And that's that's just a testament to those guys. Like they did a great job of defending him, and that's a testament to Taylor Jenkins. Um, Taylor Jenkins is an awesome coach. I think he's underrated because he does a such a great job of coaching defense. Um, these guys, like they, like I've, teams, a lot of teams know who to help off of, but they know who to help off of, and they help hard. Like Bradley Beal driving to the rim, they are sending help from one pass away, and they're not they're not afraid to do it. If one pass away is like Denny Avdi, or one pass away is. Rui Hachimura, they're going to help and they're going to help hard and they're going to make Bradley Beal's life really, really tough. Like this was one of the teams where they said, you know what, if someone else besides Bradley Beal and Bertans, funny enough, beats us, then fine, we're going to live with that. But um, we're not going to let Bradley Beal beat us. Um, anyone but him. Like if Russell Westbrook beats us by shooting mid-range jump shots and shooting threes, we're, we're just going to live with that. And they won the game with that strategy. That's a really, really good strategy. Just knowing what to live with, doing risk assessment. This team is unbelievably good at that. I wish the Wizards were better at that. Um, and that's part of, that's a testament to their coaching. Like they are better coach than the Wizards. Taylor Jenkins is a better coach. He came up with a better game plan than Tommy Shepard did. Or not Tommy Shepard. Um, whatever his name is, Scott Brooks did. Um, so really, really good for him. I want to look at, uh, Bradley Beal's shot chart. No, I want to look at Westbrook's first. So Westbrook got to the rim three times, finished three times, um, shot three of seven from three, which is really good, but <laughs> that's completely unsustainable. 
one of four from mid-range. He should not be shooting four mid-range jump shots, one of two from floater range, which I'm fine with. Um, but five shots within the paint um, and uh, five, 11 shots outside the paint. And that's Russell Westbrook. Like Westbrook can't shoot. Come on. You got to shoot more shots in the paint. You're Russell Westbrook. You have to know your game. You have to know yourself. I understand that they're playing really, really good defense against you. You have to do better, though. And if you're Scott Brooks, you have to run more. Like they ran stack, um, a stack action, and Bradley B or Russell Westbrook ended up with a shot right at the rim. That's such an awesome play. You got to run that more. And especially, so uh, the Memphis Grizzlies on um, and their help responsibilities, they were face guarding Bradley Beal and they're face guarding Davis Bertans. Put those two guys out there on the floor, put one of them in the weak side corner and run a pick and roll and see how they guard it. Or even better, use Bertans in a pick and pop and see how they guard it with Bradley Beal on the weak side corner. Like, if they're going to play you like that, if you're Scott Brooks, you have to be able to drop plays to completely manipulate their help defense to where it makes it really, really tough to stay with their assignments, but also um, do what they are taught. Like their whole lives in their NBA careers, players are taught to help off that weak side corner. You have to be able to challenge that if they're going to face guard someone like a Bradley Beal. Put him in the weak side corner. Let Russell Westbrook run pick and roll or pick and pop with someone like Bertans or even Mo Wagner who can kind of shoot. Um and just really, really challenge their help defense. Like you have to challenge them. If you have to make, you have to force guys like Anthony Melton to make a decision saying, I either have to help here and I'm going to leave my guy open who I'm supposed to be face guarding or I don't help and they get a layup. And those are tough decisions to make for a defender. You have to force them to make that. Scott Brooks did none of that tonight. He did none of it. Um, and it's frustrating because I'm, I'm a kid watching these games. I can notice that. I can point that out. Like, I'm sure someone on the coaching staff must be able to point that out and say something about it. Um, just run more interesting stuff, please. Like, I watch teams all the time run super interesting stuff. If they have a shooter of Bruton's caliber, such as um, the Miami Heat, like, why don't the Wizards just run tons of handoffs for Davis Bruton's the same way that the Miami Heat do with um, Duncan Robinson? Or why don't the Wizards just run tons of like guard guard pick and rolls or guard like stuff with both guards who can play basketball, like setting screens for each other? Like I can't even like if a team I say it all the time, but if a team um like blitzes Bradley Beal, why can't Russell Westbrook be the guy in the short roll making plays on a four and three? Like his best skill to me is still his passing ability. He's a great playmaker. He had like 15 assists tonight. Why can't he be the guy that like Scott Brooks has to be able to attack the mismatches that Bradley Beal and Dalvin Tons create? And he's just not and innovative enough or not smart enough or not not good at in-game adjusting enough or not good at scheming enough like he's just not good enough of a coach to execute those things and it's frustrating at this point um the wizards they're more talented than a 13 and 20 team uh i guess i gotta call that out right now um especially after how ugly that loss was against a team missing three kind of sort of starters um you know i i gotta be hard on the man um i guess uh i said i was gonna make the i was trying gonna try to make the shorter we're 20 minutes in um, I do want to go through my notes after I point out that Killian Tilly got minutes. Um, he did not look good at all. He was minus 14 in 12 minutes. Um, in the, I, I want to do some quick math. So if he was, if he was, the Grizzlies were plus 26 in the 36 minutes. Killian Tilly did not play, and they are minus 14 in the 12 minutes he did play. Killian Tilly is not ready for the NBA. He's a rookie. He's he dealt with a ton of injuries in Gonzaga. He would have been a second round pick if he wasn't hurt. Maybe even a late first. Um, he's just not ready for the NBA. He should be in the G League bubble right now. I don't know why he's in the NBA at all right now. Um, no offense to him, but that's just my opinion on it. Also, Valanciunas was terrible in this game. He had 16 rebounds. Um, he just did not look good defensively at all. He didn't look good offensively at all. He didn't look good. Um, he was minus 7 in 29 minutes, which is pretty crazy for a team that won by 14 points, and he played 29 minutes. So in the whatever 19 minutes that he was off, the team was... Plus, 
14 plus 7, uh, whatever, that 21. Um, so that's pretty crazy. The team was minus 9 with Desmond Bain. I thought Desmond Bain had a really nice game. I had Desmond Bain super high on my draft board just because I love the kid. Um, and he was he was good tonight. Like, he did some things that was interesting. Like, he had to pull a mid-range shot. He took some guys off the dribble, attacking closeouts. He made a couple passes and pick-and-roll reads. Um, and he did like a hesitation and got to the rim and finished with one hand without his other hand touching the ball. Like that was awesome. Like I never thought that um, I'd see Desmond Bain doing that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that, I'm, I'm going to get to my notes now. I'm, I'm trying to make this not as long, but um, yeah, so turn my, um, oh, the Grizzlies just run a ton of pick and roll. Like I love it, um, especially since John Moran is so good at running the pick and roll. Um, even Dylan Brooks can run the pick and roll, Danthony Mountain, like those types of guys. Like I love watching that. Um, the Wizards ran a drop and an under against um, John Moran, but he's just so good. He has such a good handle, um, and his body control is so insane. Like that's something that's probably not talked about enough. And the acceleration, like all that type of stuff, um, it just makes him hard to guard, even when you go under against him. And like he wasn't even like looking to shoot a bunch of times. He just got to his spots, got to his little floater. Um, and finished. I, know, I don't think I ever looked at John Moran's shot chart, um, which I'm going to look right right now for super, super quick. Um, he only got all the way to the rim one time. He was 7 of 9 from floater range, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and that's probably why he was so efficient. Um, and he got fouled a bunch. So, great for him. The Wizards also ice side ball screens, but the Grizzlies didn't really go to that very much at all. Um, Westbrook looked good in the first quarter. Um, I said that he needs to clean up the shot selection because it's unsustainable, which it was. Um, Grizzly's second unit. Oh, I got to talk about Grizzly. I love what the Grizzlies have done with their team. Like, I got to look up the GM. Grizzlies, because I don't know what off the top of my head. I know most, a lot of them. I don't know who the Grizzlies guy is. Oh, Zach Kleiman. Okay, I knew that one. Zach Kleiman. Um, shout out to him. Like, he's built an awesome roster. For them to be missing three rotation players and still be having such a good bench. Like, their bench was Justice Winslow, Xavier Tillman, uh, Tyce Jones, and Anthony Mountain. And they absolutely killed the Wizards. Like, Xavier Tillman was plus 16, Inman was plus 14. Like, they killed them. Um, that unit was awesome. And all credit, all the credit in the world to him for finding guys on the margins um, that can really, really play, finding guys late in the draft that can play, such as Xavier Tillman, um, D'Anthony Melton. Or D'Anthony Melton started somewhere else, so I don't know how the Grizzlies got him. Uh, but anyways, like, awesome job. Um, he's awesome. Um, Melton is face-carding batons off the ball. Uses, uh, I talked about that. Um... Oh, yeah, Lopez needs to be in the game more when Jaw wasn't in like that. I don't understand those matchups at all. Um, <laughs> oh, the Grizzlies doubled Lopez in the post lunch, which is hilarious. He passed out. The Wizards got a layup. I've never seen the Grizz anyone double Lopez in the post. And they denied Lopez in the post at one point. Xavier Tillman was on him, and he actually did a really good job of denying him. But that, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um, I got to talk about Drew Gooden, like two things he said that were just horribly wrong. I got to call him out on. Um, he said Beal is arguably the best player in the league, which – it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And he said he said that people debate whether Brandon Clark or Rui Hachimura was the better draft pick. Um, Brandon Clark was picked, I believe, 14 picks later with a 23rd. Don't quote me on that pick. Maybe it was 22nd, something like that. Um, maybe No, I think it was 21st. I don't know. <laughs> don't quote me on any of this stuff. Um, but Brandon Clark is a better player, and he was picked like 12 to 14 spots later. So no one on earth is debating who was the better draft pick between those two guys. Um, I Brandon is so good, blah, 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 blah. Um, his floater, like his ability to make a floater, um, makes him so much better, um, than he would be if he couldn't make a floater. Cause then you could just like really, really drop all the way to the rim, uh, which is what the wizards do to prevent a lot of shots. But, um, Moran's counter to that is the floater and it works so, so well. Um, and he did an awesome job, uh, just going to that every time going seven for nine floor range is ridiculous. Um, that's not going to be consistently there, but um, good for him that he was hitting them in this particular game. Um, Grizzlies, like their defense scheme, just high pressure. Um, a lot of help, that kind of stuff, just caused the Wizards all sorts of problems, especially Westbrook. Um, he just turned the ball over a ton, 
and they just kept running in transition and killing the Wizards. I already talked about that, but I had pointed that out again because that was kind of the story of the game. Um, Grizzlies had an awesome lineup where they I was basically like their starters plus um, either Justice Winslow at the four um, plus um, or um, Brooks or Bain or whoever and Brandon Clark at the five. That lineup was so cool, so much fun. They got so many turnovers. They were running a ton. That was a really fun lineup to watch. They could switch a bunch of things. They could have Brandon Clark come out on the floor. They could blitz. They could drop. They could do so many different. They could come at the level and contain like all these types of things. Um, it was fun to watch. Um, especially, I love when teams can uh, switch things up versus like scheme wise um, based on who they have on the floor. And so that was super fun. Um, the Wizards came out in the second lineup or second half with Bonga and Lopez to start, and they looked a lot better. Um, I think Bonga still needs to play more minutes. Uh, he only played. Let me check. 10 minutes in this game. He needs to play more. Um, just straight up. He needs to play 15 to 20 at least. Um, Wizards ran a back screen for Beal. Oh, yeah. The Wizards were running back screens for Beal and like step up ball screens for him like near the hash or like even further out. And I thought that was an awesome counter to them like having Brooks. Like Dylan Brooks was pressuring Beal at like literally half court. So I thought that was an awesome counter to that. Um, really nice set from uh, Scott Brooks. Just doing that type of stuff. Like he needs to do more of that. Um, just call more plays. Uh, talked about Desmond Bain. Um, talked about how much fun the Grizzlies are. Uh, oh, Avdia was on the floor six minutes left. I didn't understand that at all. Like he, They're attacking him in the pick and roll defensively. He just doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with John Moran at all. And the Wizards were bringing him to the level of the screen. He was just getting cooked. Um, and he just doesn't bring that much offensively yet. Like He's a rookie. Um, he's not good enough to be out there on the floor with six minutes left. Like No offense to him. Um, he's still young, though. He's like 19, so I'm not too concerned. We'll see what happens. I talked about Wizards running stack action. Um, Wizards went small in the game. I want to see them go to that more, especially against teams like the Grizzlies who aren't going to mash you in the post. Like if Valanciunas, if they post him up, then fine. You kind of won the possession um, at that point. <laughs> like as long as you don't get have jaw running pick and roll, you're doing pretty well. Um, I wish the Wizards ice more ball screens. Um, that's another note. Or just at least weak them, like send something to try to prevent jaw from using the screen. Um, but I guess you'd be funneling him right to the big. But then you have, a, if you have a small lineup in, then that's fine. Um, Grizzlies, uh, late game set, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, I already talked about that. And the last thing I want to talk about, Westbrook had this terrible late game hustle play where like the ball got thrown into the backcourt from his own guy. So it's backcourt violation if you touch it, but usually you do your due diligence and hustle back and touch the ball. Um, instead he just let the other team get it. Um, and it was really, really ugly. And that kind of personified the whole entire night. Um, and yeah, I ended up going for 28 minutes. So, and I didn't have my mic plugged in. You gotta be kidding. Okay. I'm going to listen to this. Uh, see how it sounds. But yeah, that's all I got. Um, the Wizards play the Clippers next. Hopefully you join me for that. And um, yeah, that's on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.